I love the Kimba. You don't understand. I love the Kimba. Love you, Kimba. Hey, Kimba. Hi. Me, Kimba. Radio broadcast episode 13. Gonna use my, my, my imagination. I mentioned in episode 12 that I love that radio was such an aural medium. And even with all the social media that's going on today, it still very much is. It's all about what goes into the ears and how you process it. And one of the best parts of radio, to me, is that theater of the mind aspect, that sensory overload. You can make it seem like anything is happening at any time. I mean, there's the mystery of radio when you you do a live broadcast and people thought you had all the records with you in the van. That happened quite a bit. They'd asked me to play a request and be like, isn't it in the, the van? Not so much. Then there's the magic of radio. When you come up with an idea and using your voice and sound effects and music, you turn it into something entertaining. Now, sometimes your idea is fantastic. It works. Sometimes it fails miserably, and sometimes it falls somewhere in between, very much like a Saturday Night Live skit. But you just keep going. You keep trying. And later in this podcast, I will have a guest who, to me, defines creativity. He was my partner in crime and creativity for many, many years, and want to talk about that. My longtime friend recently commented, thanks, Tim, (laughs) that my April Fool's Day would always be his favorite. So I thought I knew which one he was talking about, but I wasn't sure. So I asked which one. And yes, it's the one I thought. I was a little shocked because it's old. (laughs) It's a long time ago. So I'm shocked that he remembered it. And it was really silly. It was April 1st, 1991. I was doing nights. And I thought it would be funny to make it like I was broadcasting from various weird places, one of which was a large concrete pipe. Hey, Kemba, I'm sitting in one of those huge concrete pipes that they eventually put underground. Why am I doing this? Because, well, it's here. And I've never actually broadcast from a concrete pipe before, and I would prefer to do it before they put it underground, although some people might beg to differ with me there. Okay. And then... I actually got a call about, after I did the concrete pipe, I got this call. Inside of a water main? That's me! <laughs> that was good. I was inside Radio Shack when I heard that, and I looked at what the hell's going on here? Something's wrong with these speakers. <laughs> I just wanted to call and let you know that I thought you sounded great inside of a concrete pipe. <laughs> then, I moved on to a radio tower. And these are a couple of calls from me going up the radio tower in 1991. Standing outside the Zeta 4 Tower, these guys here next to me are trying to convince me to go climb and, and go in the elevator and go really far up. Don't know if I can do that uh, just yet, but see Kemba on the Zeta 4 Tower. <laughs> no, I did not climb. There's an elevator that brings you to each platform. I believe the highest is like a thousand yeah. feet up in the air. I'm only on the lowest one, which is 200. And they said I was too chicken to do this. Well, they were right. I'm an idiot. It's high. <laughs> it's slippery, too. And it's even really, really windy. I'm going to get blown off here any second. Because why not? <laughs> and then 10 years later, I did something very similar. I was broadcasting from the Hard Rock Hotel. And I just wanted to make it more interesting. So there was this one. You hear, we're in a, in a Hard Rock. We're kind of in where the banquet rooms are. And I guess this one's not quite finished yet. Well, in this room, there's really nothing except a whole lot of echo and... 
what appears to be guitar crystals made into this huge chandelier. It's not hung yet. It's sitting right over here. We'll go look at it. Oh, this thing is incredible. I'm thinking this thing has to be worth an, an amazing amount of money just by looking at it up close. It's just gotta be... Oops. Um, well, you know, anyway, so we're gonna just go... Uh, <laughs> we're gonna go check out something else at the Hard Rock Hotel. We'll get back to you in just a few. And then the hotel had touted that they had... Because it was all about Hard Rock Hotel was all about blast and rock music, and and that included in the pool underwater. All right, this is the microphone that is going to take me, Kimba, into the depths of the Hard Rock Hotel pool. They're telling me it's a waterproof microphone. That really should be the least of my concern because you know it's freezing. But I'm going to do that. I'm going to brave this for you. Because you know there's the underwater music when you go in the pool, and I wanted you to be able to experience what it's like. But don't try this at home, please. Not that you have a microphone laying around your pool. Unless you're a big Mr. Microphone fan. Either way, you don't want to do this, but here I go. I don't want to jump in with the microphone. I want to see if there's any little zits or sparks or anything. Uh, all right, I think we're ready to do this. I'm going to do it. Here we go. theater of the mind is what that is. What, did I jump in the swimming pool? No. <laughs> it was all an illusion. And then when I was at Light FM, that's where I met Dave Corey, copywriting production guru, and I found my creative soulmate. I, first of all, Dave Corey, I knew you'd have a background. I knew it because we're going to talk we're talking about theater of the mind and creativity to to give more of a, a background, you we're not only in radio for many, many years. You're you're an actor. Yes. No, I don't think the two can be uh, dis- separated that much. It's like that frog cartoon, the one that goes, hello, my baby, that one. And as soon as the curtain comes up, it's like, uh, <laughs> but radio uh, nerds like me, uh, that's that's what it started as. I, I said, I can be this thing. Uh, people will not see me. And I talked about that in episode 12, that that because it's such an oral medium that it really never mattered. It still really doesn't matter what you look like. But sometimes when you see someone, it does alter. But if you just have to listen and can't see. But ultimately, as long as they like what they're hearing, it doesn't matter. When I was uh, way back a program director of a station up in New Hampshire, uh, people, you know, would send in cassettes with their pictures on the cassettes. And, you know, I would always encourage people that's that's probably not the best thing to do, because if I listen to you, I might hear um, something entirely different than what I'm seeing. And somehow that is going to sway my decision one way. And you yeah. can you can, by the way, you can IMDB, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> yes. To see all the stuff that you've been in. You can go to DaveCoreyOnline.com, too. And oh, there you go. See, hey, see some uh, some, oh, some, some videos. Yeah. Miami Vice and yeah. Burn Notice and analyze this just for a few. And I know you also, you read for Insight for the Blind. It's really such a neat world. As a matter of fact, here's why I love reading so much is 47th anniversary of my marriage to the lovely Joanne. Yeah. So I went online. I'm looking around. I'm saying, what is uh, what is the gift for, you know, the 47th anniversary? And there was nothing traditional. But then it had been suggested that the modern gift for the 47th anniversary is a book. 
So I said, hmm, I wonder what book was written in 1973. And so I'm looking around and it was uh, William Goldman's The Princess Bride. I said, and the caveat to that is that I'm going to read it in its entirety to you. Inconceivable. And, yeah. <laughs> so I'm putting on the voices and stuff like that. And it's just a, it's just a real trip. I kind of glance over at Joanne and I can see her off in the ozone putting this all together in in her mind. I just love theater of the mind. It's There's just nothing like it. Yeah. We have so many things that we did and not all of them were for air or social media. Right. Something would just go into the popular culture and I'd go into Dave and go, I, I, I had to do it. And you would always be game. I had the idea and I would write it and then you would produce it. I just love the collaborative effort. You know, being doing stuff on my own is fine, but when you run into a, sort of somebody of of like sick mind, you know, <laughs> it's just like you can see it instantly happen. You know, the connection is there, and so I said, "Oh, this is going to be this is going to be a treat." Did we first meet when I first started at Light? So I yeah, I got there two thousand four. Four. I, I was uh, I I didn't think you were there when I first started. I, I what, some of the ones you if you scroll down my YouTube page, if you know what I mean. <laughs> You know, for instance, when Miley Cyrus was doing her whole tongue out twerking thing, uh, you and I did a KTEL Presents. Yes. And I did my Miley Man voice. And then when uh, Matthew McConaughey came out and said he wasn't afraid of the fanny pack, we did the I'm, I'm bringing fanny pack. Florida Wonderland, the holiday one that we wrote about living in Florida during the holidays. That's right. Florida Wonderland, yes. The one that. It's now at over 56,000 views. That's the one. And you'll never get that minute 20 back. It was based on that song that came out, Once Upon a Time, What Does the Fox Say? <laughs> and we decided to do a song called, What Does the Fart Say? <laughs> this is why I have this fixation towards Flatus events. As a child, we moved every couple of years. And it was never like from one town to the next town over. It was always cross country. And so every couple of years, I'd have to say goodbye to any friends I made and finally got to the point in my early teens where I said, I can't make any more friends. I'm done making friends because it just upsets me too much to have to say goodbye to them. So I said, I want two things, mom and dad. I want a mirror in my room and I want a, and a, a tape recorder. So the tape recorder, whenever I had Flatus events, uh, that was always handy. And so I would have a whole... <laughs> So see what you tapped into. But I would also do crazy, goofy uh, characters and things like that. And in the mirror, I would be always, you know, doing all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. Consequently, I think my my life sort of went in that direction, being stupid on on screen and off screen. I don't know how that will fit on my tombstone one day, but um, two two of my favorite were every year. Talk like a pirate. Oh, yes. Yep. Yep. Because there is a talk like a pirate day in September. And Dave became came Pirate Dave. It's Kimba and woohoo, it's Talk Like a Pirate Day. Who better to have to talk like a pirate than Pirate Dave? How are you? All right. Are you a little ornery, are you? Arr. I figure before we get into the whole Talk Like a Pirate Day, we should get to know a little bit more about you, the man. All right. For instance, do you, do you have a favorite sock? Argyle. Maybe a, a favorite actor? Peter Sarsgaard. Um, uh, vacation spot. Where would you like to go for vacation? Ah! Argentina. Fascinating. Can you hang out for a little while? All right. And you know, darling, I'm 97% chum free. <laughs> it's like yeah. a, it's the other 3% I'm worried about. 
I'll bet you are. Yo, ho, a pirate's life for me. It's Talk Like a Pirate Day. We've got Pirate Dave here asking him about some of his favorite things. You ready for more? All right. I don't know if you've seen any movies, but I'm sure Star Wars is like six or seven. Star Wars! There's six or seven of those. Do you have a favorite character from Star Wars? R2-D2. Do you have a favorite body part? Armpit. Eye. So it's between the armpit and the eye? Eye. Snack food. Do you have a favorite cookie? Chips. Ahoy! And I, I don't know if pirates go to school, but is there something you have studied or would like to study? Archaeology. All right, so now we Are know, you through? I don't know if I'm sensing a theme here, but now that we've gotten to know a little bit more about you, what would you say to those who would, who would like to talk like a pirate, especially today? It's not the honest on the horse that hurts. It's the heavy hoofs and the hard, hard eye-wee. Wow. Are you going to say... Uh, Knitting contest too? Is that in there? I I was going to that is my all time favorite one. Yay. Uh yes, for sure. Um before I get to that one though, I will because you sent me some. I totally forgot about the citrus. We've now got our very own superhero. I tweeted a photo of him out yesterday, Captain Citrus, and he will be part of an Avengers comic. And now I've been told part uh, of a cartoon, and we actually have some audio yes, I want to hear it. Yes, yes. Superpower from the sun to generate energy items. Here from a Florida orange grove, meet Captain Citrus. Hey, come here and give us a squeeze. No. Oh, yes. And the Mustang. I totally forgot about those bits. You're going to hear me roar, but it could be fake. Could be faking it. It's Kimba. (laughs) Mustang, as in the vehicle, has been busted. There's a fuse which they put in the car, or one of the models anyway, that delivers an artificial engine sound that's piped into the stereo system. So when they pulled the fuse, the the sound went away. We were able to get a recording of this fake engine sound. Oh, it's getting hot in here. It's showing up is. Wow. Let's burn some rubber. The Ford rep says that it's just layering sounds, characteristics on top of already what's already there, and the intent is for it to be a natural experience, in which case, it should have said, are my nails dry? Knitting Olympics, I think, is by far the my favorite thing we've ever done. And for me, like I'll do uh, talk like a pirate or national tap dance day. I'll do those every year. Yep. But Knitting Olympics, I liked so much that I repurposed it because it was an Olympic thing. So remember, what was it? Two years later, I changed the venue. Oh. Because it was the Olympics were in a different place. Yes. But I, I love that bit so much, and I wanted to do it when the Olympics came back. What would be like a really bizarre Olympic event? Yeah. And uh, for some reason to me, knitting <laughs> came into my head. And that's the deal. It's just that you come in and you say, Knitting Olympics, instead of going, what? What? I go, yes, yes. (laughs) So I told you what I wanted to do, and I said, all right, I'm going to write it up. And then you came up with the name. It's me, Kimba. The Winter Games of the 20th Olympiad begin tonight. And there is one group of athletes that will not be denied their chance to compete 
The Knitting Olympics also began today. We're in Torino, Italy for the very first Knitting Olympics. Let's throw it down to the Mamma Mia Arena to Phil Welsh and Dom Andrews. Thanks, Dick. We're in the middle of the fierce final gold medal round of knitting, and we're in a purling frenzy. Esther Quagmire, a former macrame champion who didn't start knitting until she was in her late 50s, is in the lead and the crowd favorite. And Phil, interesting choice, Esther made with the circular needles instead of the traditional double-pointed. Perfectly legal, though. All knitters using the official Olympic 8-ply yarn weight. Whoa! Did you see that ribbing stitch by Viola Buellstern? She's been knitting since the age of four, and her pearl and slip stitches are really second to none. But it's Esther with a yarn over speed of a 40-year-old knitter. Oh, my! Gold medal favorite Esther Quagmire has gone off-pattern, Phil. She's gone off-pattern. She'll have to pull out the last few stitches, and that's precious time lost on. If Viola binds off first, she'll be the first Olympic gold medal knitter. And if that's not enough excitement the olympic hook rug finals are coming up next my favorite part of that is when your voice cracks she's gone off pattern i laugh so hard <laughs> to sum, sum up what i'm saying about our collaborations i wrote it but you bring it to life you seem to know exactly how i'm hearing it came to me alive it's just we're in sync you always got what i was going for if i might segue into uh, the fantastic phenomenal acting jobs you have done for me, and particularly the the blood moon over Miami, this this uh, epa Dracula, a whole new Dracula in South right. Park story that I wrote and produced. Uh, you played the great 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 granddaughter of uh, Van Helsing, so you were Martina Van Helsing, and it was you were a member of the Miami Dade uh, Police Department. Just an incredible performance. Again, uh, you know that synchronicity between us, as far as uh, when I'm writing it. And it's you in mind. Uh, all the nuances—they just—they just happen to fall there, and and you just nailed it first take every time. So I can listen to it and still go, really? That's that's good. You know, I, I don't <laughs> I don't hear it quite the same way. For me to do those, it's one thing for me to you know sing the what does the fart say in front of you, but for me to act, and some of the scenes were crying, and some were I was supposed yeah. to. It, it was like it was very. It took some getting used to. I trusted you. That probably helped. The story of Dracula is more than a yarn spun from the pen of one Bram Stoker. No, it is reported gone slightly amok. While based on the belief that a blood-sucking son of Satan terrorized Eastern Europe and London and met his demise at the point of a wooden stake, the true story was just beginning. My name is Martina Van Helsing, the great-granddaughter of Abraham Van Helsing, the Dutch doctor and renowned vampire hunter. And ironically, on Halloween, October 31st, 1974, I was born under a full moon. We entered that in the New York Festival. It's a very highly prestigious contest in New York and uh, came in third in the world. You're going up against the BBC. You're going up against Australia, New Zealand. Uh, India, all these, even in New York, Union uh, Productions in New York uh, submitted their stuff to that with main name actors, and we came third in the world. And and again, you know, that's that that I owe to you. You were the you were the main thing in that. Oh so. wow! <laughs> well, now can can that be heard on your website? Yes, if you go to <gasps> Dave Corey okay. Online. Dave Corey it's called Blood Moon Over Miami. It's a radio drama. It's the reason we got in in this business in the first place is, is I, 
I guess with, I can call myself a nerd. That's fine. I'm not going to call anybody else a nerd that's in the business. <laughs> but I think a lot of us uh, are were, were like that is, is that was one of the things is that I can be this anonymous guy uh, putting on this persona in regular, I'm, I'm uncomfortable in regular society being myself. Well, and I always, I always got called, oh, you're so weird. That was a word I got called a lot. And that now I was we weird. love that. We embrace that. Oh, yeah. When I grew up, I was like, well, weird bought my car and my house. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll take weird all day. Yeah. Uh, what I've been going through lately is is pretty weird in itself. It's uh, dreams. You know, we talk about theater of the mind. And I, to me, I think dreams are the most incredible theater of the mind there is. No, we're inventing real people, and they're not cartoons. They're they're real people in places we've never been. I had one the other day where I was through a door from a Home Depot, and I was in Wales at a shopping center in Wales, and everybody was speaking with a Welsh accent, which I don't know. What's going on in there is just like there's so much of it. Like with your computer, you only tap it about 2% of it, and the same thing with the brain. You know, what the hell is going on in there? I want to be a part of that. It's, you know? it's funny that you're, you're saying that because I have also recently had some wackadoo, just wild dreams. Yeah. We're always on the same wavelength, but. I guess we are I, weird. Okay. All right. We're weird. Sometimes when people do say to me, how do you come up with that? It's kind of, I remember asking a musician, how do you do that? And he said, oh, well, you take this. I go, no, no, no. Not how do you put it together and loop it or whatever. I said, how did you come up with that piece of music, that sound? And he said, oh, I don't know. I just did. Because <laughs> wow. it's almost like an innate. Yeah. You know, he can't explain to me how that sound came to him. It just did. And I, so it's kind of the same thing when somebody asks, where do you come up with some of this stuff? As a public service to, to anybody watching this is that if you subjugating any of the weirdness that you have inside you, don't. You know, it can be, especially now, it could be, it can be used in so many creative ways, you know. Let your freak flag fly. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, well, I'm very glad that I was able to fly mine right alongside yours. Oh, gosh. Yeah. It was uh, one of the highlights of my career, really. Yay. Thank but, you yeah. so much for oh, talking you. to me. Much, Dave Corey. You're awesome. DaveCoreyOnline.com. And that's D-A-V-E-C-O-R-E-Y, online.com. And look for Blood Moon Over Miami. And you can also find his acting videos. For all of the other aforementioned videos that we did together that are on my channel, as well as the video, the podcast of this podcast, you'll find that at youtube.com slash herkimba. Thank you so much for being one of Kimba's Herd. And thank you for listening. To me, Kimba, radio broadcast, episode 13, gonna use my... Ma, ma, imagination. This kid is on the